you know, some of it is, is kind of about money, but a lot of it is about relationships too. And that uh, personal interaction and being able to tell the, the story of Weber state. I remember I had, I was working here. I hadn't been working here very long and I was talking to a legislator and just talking about some of the things we were trying to do at Weber state. She said, "Ah, you know, that's exactly what higher education is supposed to be about. You know, you're focused on students, you're focused on getting them jobs and the, and the workforce that support the local economy. That's what it's supposed to be about. I'm John. And I'm Brad. And this is Dear Student. This is the podcast to help you develop yourself, build relationships, and identify your purpose to create the experiences only you can create in college and everything after. Dear students, welcome back. We're going to be talking with University President Brad Mortensen, who is the university president at Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. And Brad is the one that's been communicating with all of them. Yeah, so I sent a message to Brad Sorensen, who's an NFL quarterback, and then now Brad Mortensen, and there's me. (laughs) So, And one day he's just like, dude, I have so many Brads in my life right now. Too many Brads, because I'm like, hey, Brad, like, would love to have you on the show, yada, yada. And then best wishes, Brad. And then they'll write back to me, hey, Brad, blah, 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 best Brad. I'm like, too many Brads around here. <laughs> if you know any Brads, send them our way. But either way, we're super excited for this interview. He's got a lot of good stuff that he's talked about through his experience. Budgeting, legislator. Yeah. He's yeah, uh, the state legislature, being a budget liaison, all the way to becoming a university president with some very cool experience that he's had yeah. since being president. And, and he tells some cool stories of students that he's interacted with and their experiences that they've had as college students and he's got a lot of good tips and practices for you to adjust your mindset how you can make little changes that will help you in some big ways jump into it okay cool well again thanks so much brad for joining us today we're super excited on the dear student podcast for those of you uh, i guess just by way of introduction brad is the president of weber state university up in ogden the 13th president of weber state university so we're super excited to have you on thanks for joining us No, thanks, John and Brad. It's great to be with both of you. Let's just kind of start off with a little bit of a background. So tell us about yourself, a little bit of, I guess, like your college, like education, all the way up to being a university president. Yeah, yeah, great. You know, so I I grew up in Rexburg, Idaho, just outside Rexburg, actually, on a a small farm that my dad kind of, he grew up there. Uh, My closest neighbors were a mile away, and they were my cousins. Uh, my dad's brother. And so it was kind of rural life, um, but I always felt bad that my friends were in town doing the cool things, which was basically dragging Maine. Uh, but, but I, so, so I grew up and my dad, my, both my mom and my dad always encouraged me to, to go on and get an education and to, to go to college. Neither of them uh, had a college degree. And my dad, especially, he worked at a potato processing plant there in town too, and kind of saw some of his, uh, he, he rose to the very highest level he could, but then uh, he kind of saw guys with degrees passing him up and having opportunities that he maybe didn't get to have. So he encouraged my younger brothers and myself to always pursue that, and they supported us in that. So I started off by going to, to Rick's College there in Rexburg. It was Rick's at the time, and um, I thought I, I, I thought I wanted to be in education because I just had had such a great experience growing up and uh, just 
lots of great teachers and mentors. Uh, but, uh, and I thought I wanted to be like a high school football coach. And then I got a chance to be an assistant uh, coach at my high school. And I coached, I was the sophomore offensive coordinator one year and we lost every game. And I just thought, I, maybe I'm not cut out for this. So uh, I kind of discovered that there are jobs in universities uh, through my father-in-law who worked at Rick's College in public relations that aren't necessarily just teaching. And uh, kind of got started on that path for whatever reason. And somebody told me it would be really good to, uh, in fact, this was Steve Benyon, who was the former president there at Southern Utah yeah. University. He was the president at Rick's College at the time and said, you know, it's, it's really great to go on and be a state budget analyst. If you want to work in higher education, that's what I did. And some other people did that. So uh, whether he or not, he remembers telling me that uh, that's kind of what I set my path to do. And so I got a master's degree in public administration after I graduated from Utah State um, at Syracuse University in New York and started applying for budget analyst jobs and ended up working for the Arizona legislature. And then Utah um, came back to Utah to work in the governor's office of planning and budget here doing higher education budgets. And one thing led to another. And eventually I uh, came to Weber State uh, because, uh, you know, public universities require uh, a lot of support from the legislature, and I had kind of done that in my background, and so I came to Weber State to be a legislative liaison in 2004, and uh, through a series of fortunate circumstances, I uh, got named to be president uh, late in 2018, started January 1st, 2019. Nice. Very cool. That is not the expected path that I would have thought that somebody would become how somebody would become a university president, but very cool nonetheless. So I'm just a little bit curious in, in all your experience with the variety of different jobs or positions that you've had, is there something that you have found super effective when it comes to developing meaningful relationships that, that you think is just like, if nothing else, do this? I, I would say there, there are two this is. <laughs> if I could have two things there yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that I think are super important. And, and the first one is just, you know, I think always, you know, kind of be kind and friendly to people from the very get-go and assume, assume the best of folks, even if you realize it's someone who might uh, have a different set of opinions than you or a different background. But if you can just start off by assuming that this is going to be a meaningful relationship in some way or another that we'll be able to find common ground that we can build on. I think that that helps. And honestly, that's uh, one of the things that I, I've been told uh, when I got hired at Weber State that that's what people had noticed about me is that I'd walk into an office and uh, treat the secretary respectfully and kind of have a good relationship um, with her um, at the Capitol. And that just kind of helps. Right. And then the second thing is uh, just always be transparent and honest. And and if you start to, especially in today's world, there are so many ways to fact check and double back on, well, is this, you know, are, are you telling a consistent message to, to different folks? Because if you don't do that, you just lose credibility and uh so, and I'm not smart enough to keep track of all the different, you know, types of uh, narratives that might be uh, flourishing out there. So really just, just being kind to folks and then being transparent and open and honest. Uh, I think that's the most important part. I, I found if you can do that, you can develop relationships from folks from all different walks of life. That is very cool and, and extremely valuable. We think that 
like relationships are sometimes worth more than their weight in gold just because of, you know, like the, the joy and the happiness that we come from them, uh, that we find in them, as well as, you know, it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know, and the places that we can get because of relationships. Um, and so sometimes I think that, well, we believe that they can be undermined, but in reality, like there are, they are one of the most important things that we can have in life professionally, um, romantically friends. And so that is a very cool point. Yeah. As soon as we hear people talk about relationships, like, and that's it comes fresh up on the mind. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah. Okay, what, like, what can we glean from them that, that we feel like is beneficial? Cause I mean, we're only, we only have so much experience. And so we feel like anytime we get an opportunity to talk to somebody like yourself, who, who's had all these experiences is a university president and stuff like that. I mean, they know a lot more about relationships and what they can do for us in our lives than we do. So we're always super, super excited to. Absolutely. So a quick follow-up question with, with what you were saying with those two things of um, being transparent and being kind, and it may seem intuitive to some, but how would you practice or how would you teach somebody to, be kind or to be honest like what are some things that people can do to get in a habit or even maybe improve their ability in those qualities oh i just think without getting into to too much of a story we sent out a, a message last week here on our campus to our students faculty and staff after uh the derek chauvin uh trial um and, and he'd been convicted and we were we were realizing that folks were going to be upset on either side of that issue whether he gets acquitted or gets convicted right and so uh we've tried to send something out and one thing that we've really tried to be working on uh conscientiously here is just uh trying to do better at serving our students of color and uh, especially our black students through everything that's been going on the last year and some folks didn't like that message, thought it was promoting too much of a divisive agenda. But I replied to uh, every single one of those emails. And I try, you know, I tried not to be like a keyboard warrior, you know, and, and kind of engage in a battle. But I just said, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. That wasn't the intent of our message, but your feedback is going to help our messages be better. And I would love to sit down with you personally and discuss um, your feelings and viewpoints, if, if you want to take the time. And not everybody replied back, but I did get a handful back. And one person has taken me up on the opportunity to discuss one, you know, others just said, thanks. I appreciate where you're coming from too. And uh, so just really trying to like take that breath and not try to escalate the contention, but to diffuse it and just try to come together as, as, as fellow humans uh, to talk about our differences in a more constructive way. Uh, to me, you know, there, there are lots of occasions where we can, can be kind, but the biggest challenge for me is when, okay, I'm putting that point where I can take this either way. Um, and let's always try to choose, you know, de-escalate, take a breath, and, you know, well, let's talk about this civilly, because I think that's what we at universities have a great opportunity to promote is, uh, to be this uh, place where you know freedom of ideas can flourish, and we can all you know just 
discuss them in a way that we don't have to agree, but we can certainly have the discussion and promote that uh, thought. And, and so I try to exemplify that. And to me, that in order to do that, you have to kind of take this approach of let's, let's be kind and considerate of our fellow human beings in order to have this discussion. Well, and that could be super tough too, because when emotions or tension is high, it's hard to be able to conscientiously take the step back and, and make that choice so that you can see the fork in the road and be like, okay, you can either have this opportunity to kind of build and maintain a bridge or light the match and burn it down. <laughs> um, right. And it, it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. Um, and I think that that is something that really you do have to be conscientious of that when you, so how do you take that step back and take the breath? Well, some, sometimes you have to, I think, consider, okay, given where this other person is coming from and what their life experiences are and what their beliefs are, I can see how they feel that way, you know, and just kind of that acknowledgement. And, you know, so, and it's not right or wrong, but it's just, that's been their experience. That's where they're coming from. That's how they feel. And that's how they see the world. And given that, uh, what I said may have felt like that match going in, right. Even though I didn't intend it to be that way. And, but then sometimes maybe I will say something and I've done this that, oh yeah, that was, that was not just like a match. That was like a full on hand grenade going in there. And, and you just have to say I, I was, I was wrong, you know, and uh, before long before when you guys parents, maybe before them even, uh, you know, there's Arthur Fonzarelli on happy days, this character, you know, he was this cool guy. He could never say I'm sorry, or I'm wrong that there were like lots of episodes with him just trying to come to grips with being able to say, I'm sorry. Uh, and so I think about that because I liked that show when I was a kid, Fonzie. uh, but it, you know, don't be, don't be Fonzie here, Brad, just take a step back and tell people you were sorry, or you were wrong and acknowledge it. And then you can start to work on like, like you say, um, building or maintaining those bridges. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, I think it, sometimes it is super difficult in the moment, but I feel like if you can just like make the conscious choice and muster up whatever discipline or, or courage it takes to, to just be like, okay, it's okay. Like, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, whatever it takes, then it, it can do wonders for relationships, which I'm sure is important in, in your position as a president of a university. Well, and I would just say you you mentioned courage. I appreciate the courage, especially our students have to to share with me their thoughts, because that could be a little intimidating, right? I I try not to come across as an intimidating person, but but certainly just kind of, you know, university presidents, you know, people wonder if they really even exist or if it's just this, you know, figurehead out there. And so for students to be able to speak up and, and have the courage to speak up and share with me where they're coming from, that is so helpful. Same with our staff and our faculty, because I am a little bit insulated. I might not see everything that happens across our campus every day. So I, I, to me, those are the ones who are courageous, who will share with me that, that real life insight. That's awesome. So I was reading a little bit about your intro that, that we put on the Calendly about um, something about meeting students where they're at. Remind me what that is. Like Weber, is that Weber State's vision or mission yeah. statement or is that your personal one as a person? Yeah, well, well, I think both. Um, 
but Weber State, we're an open enrollment university. Uh, you know, lots of times open enrollment institutions are more community colleges. So we try to kind of take that community college mindset, if you will, but it's not just associate's degrees, but bachelor's and uh, eventually master's. And just and later this week, we'll award our first doctorate programs oh, um, ever um, in the doctorate of nursing practice. But it, it, it really is being a teaching student-focused institution, uh, whether someone's a high school dropout um, who went back and finished their GED 10 or 15 years later, and they're wanting to come to college now and maybe haven't had math for a long time or English, um, or whether, you know, you were a 4.0, 35 ACT coming out of high school and you want to go on to medical school. Uh, I, th I think Weber State really excels at, at meeting students across that whole spectrum. If you're, you know, if you don't speak English in your home, uh, you know, and you, you, your family speaks Spanish and you're a first generation student, we just, we really try to, to signify that. And, and if I can tell, I'll try to tell this quickly, but the story I like to tell is um, there was a, a, almost 99 years ago this summer, there was a student who grew up in Western Weber County who wanted to take over his family farm. He'd been in 4-H, you know, and stuff growing up and gotten ribbons for his award-winning lettuce at the county fair nice. and for raising great sheep. Uh, but then his dad said, you know, you have... I forget if there were seven total or seven additional uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, you can't really take over the family farm. You're going to have to go out and make it on your own. And so uh, he didn't know what to do, but he knew one of the faculty. We were we were college at the time, and this faculty member told him, "Hey, come. You should go to college. I'll, we were just a two-year school. Uh, I'll help you get a job on campus. You can tutor my English class. We'll see if we can get a scholarship." Uh, so he came and he was a, a student the first year. He was the student body president. His second year went on to the uh, University of Utah, got his four-year degree and met his wife. And then he wanted to start a business. And he said, you know, I hear it's hot in Washington, D.C. I bet I could sell a lot of root beer. So they drove across the country to Washington, D.C. and opened up a frost stop kind of root beer shop and then got big into the hospitality business and then formed a multi-billion dollar international corporation called Mar Marriott International. Oh, no way. And so that was Jay Willard Marriott who had that experience. Oh, um, and it was, and you can read this on their webpage today. Um, it was all because that faculty member, Aaron Tracy, took this student who was kind of down on his luck and gave him a chance. And, and you know, it blossomed into all of that. And not every student of ours is going to be a Jay Willard Marriott. And the first generation students of today, you know, maybe look a, a little bit different uh, or come from different, they're, they're not coming from a farm like that maybe, but still, I think we have that legacy and that continuing obligation to that legacy of meeting our students where they're at and then helping them to go on and reach any, whether they want to be in business, whether they want to be in education, uh, you know, health professions, uh, computer science, technology. So I, I tell that story to our students and to our faculty, just so that we can realize that's part of our legacy here at Weber State and we need to live up to that. And these are the most important tips and practices for you this week. 
Be sure to follow or subscribe, rate, and review. And we will catch you next time.